Let's pray. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know if you caught it this morning in the um, First Thessalonians 5 reading, but uh, the first sentence of the second paragraph is, uh, May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And uh, just let those words kind of roll over your mind and your heart. And um, I'm just going to pray it for us. May the God of peace himself sanctify us entirely. Uh, Sanctify me entirely. And uh, you might just now pray that prayer in your mind for the person sitting next to you. God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. It's a very powerful prayer, isn't it? When we think about that word uh, sanctify, it means to make holy and to set aside uh, for the work and the glory of God. And, uh, you know, we we sort of toss these prayers for sanctification out, you know. God, remove all our sins. (laughs) Make us (laughs) holy. And um, uh, and that's meant to be a very joyful thing that we would look forward to in life, being sanctified. And today, here we are in Rose Sunday, which is kind of a break in the dire work of Advent if we approach it that way of repentance of our sins. (laughs) Have a little joy, sanctification, but... Um, Actually, you know, when you think about it, two things happen, at least for me, when I think about being sanctified entirely, uh, being made holy entirely. First of all, is that really a realistic goal? And do I really want that? (laughs) What's really involved in that? What is really involved in that? We are uh, anticipating the Incarnation, and uh, the thing is, we welcome the Incarnation, the coming of Christ, and the coming of God to be with us, the full communion of divine and human, of of God and of us. And uh, it is a joyful thing, but it is a lifelong process of letting that presence, letting God with us transform us and that's the process of sanctification because when we really feel uh, the presence of God when we really take that into our heart and our soul things are going to change things are going to change Um, maybe things won't bother us so much maybe we won't be so preoccupied with matters of life Maybe we'll actually get down to the essence. But think of our consumerist culture. 
far does that separate us off from the crowd? And if you're a person like me that loves to belong, I feel lonely. Uh, in our family, we're not huge Star Wars fans, but this one line has always caught me, no Obi-Wan Kenobi. Contemporary example of an entirely sanctified person, right? He is completely with the force, doesn't deviate from the path. And in one of the movies, I have no idea which one it is, but when somebody comes against him, you know, to, to bring the dark side, he just says, you do not need to be concerned with that right now. And he waves his hand, you do not need to be concerned with that right now. And the person says, I do not need to be concerned with that right now. And they go away. <laughs> and uh, he is free to just move along with his path, doing the work he has been uh, given to do. And so uh, in our own family, when we want somebody to kind of back off, say, you do not need to be concerned with that right now. <laughs> There's actually a greater reality and existence and essence that we might try to achieve in this moment you know, worrying about dirty socks on the floor or whatever it is, you know, that's getting to us in the moment. And um, the result of really living the incarnation is sanctification. And uh, it's important up front, you know, as we approach Christmas to know that that's actually what's involved in welcoming the Savior fully into our lives. Some of it's a relief, some of it's joyful. And you know, some of it's a little scary. Do I really want to do that? How much of a commitment do I really want to make? Uh, monastics are not more holy than anybody else. Uh, the edge they have is knowing that if they stop several times in the day and in the night to consciously experience God's presence, they will let the incarnation, the communion of you and God, of divine and human, soak into their reality. And they know that the practice of that, which is going to result in sanctification, helps them let go of things, helps them wave their hand and say, I do not need to be concerned with this right now, as they live in community and family. And for us, as we move around busy lives, what difference would it make if we just stopped a few times a day, even for a minute or two, no matter where we were, and we just stopped and became deeply conscious of the presence of God with us and in us. And if we did that every day, it would probably sanctify us a little more make us a little more holy, a little more able to stay connected to God and wave off the things we really don't need to be so worried about in this life. John the Baptist, if you heard our gospel this morning, the thing seems to have this pretty well down. <laughs> entire sanctification. And you can tell simply by how his life is, by his ability to know who he is and to serve God so clearly 
and just so on track with it. That his holiness comes from knowing the incarnation that he is announcing. And uh, his clarity of presence, you know, I am the voice in the wilderness, crying out, make straight the path of the Lord. I am. I always think, you know, I always think of the I am sayings in the Gospel of John. They all exclusively belong to Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. But actually, John has an I am saying. I am the voice in the wilderness. And he's all by himself. You know, that can be the lonely part of entire complete sanctification. (laughs) It's not a lot of company (laughs) for those really holy people. It's not a lot of company. And yet when you really just kind of move into the essence of John and this story, and you line him up next to these priests and these Levites, they look like playground bullies. Well, what are you doing here? are you? Who do you think you are? And they're kind of a clique and a crowd. And uh, their identity is coming out of their gossipy little clicky life. And um, how often have we wanted to be part of that gossipy clicky group? (laughs) Just for the sake of belonging. Because there was a crowd. Wouldn't it be nice to belong? And yet it is in the incarnation that we uh, deeply belong to God. And, and while the process to it can feel maybe a little lonely at times, uh, the joy is so deep and no one can take it from you. And sometimes it causes us to look silly and a little crazy in the face of a world that's busy trying to find its click. The story of a monk I came across this week, and he was in his cell, and some bandits came to steal everything in his cell. But you know, right there. (laughs) These are not smart thieves. (laughs) But they gather everything up, and they leave two beautiful silver candlesticks. And the monk scoops them up and runs after them and says, You forgot these, and they are the most beautiful. Now there's a holy person who's just letting it go. Now in our unsanctified state, would we not say, you better go after those guys and get your stuff back. (laughs) But in a bigger, more graceful state of the holiness process in life, do we not arrive at some place that may look really irrational to the world, but to God makes a lot of sense. As we move out in our week, maybe we could be disciplined together of just taking a two minutes morning, noon, and night and dwelling in the presence. Just see where you are in the process of sanctification at the end of the week. See what the fruit is. And know that in a lifetime and in an eternity, God's prayer and hope for us is entire sanctification through the God of peace himself.